As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook, a Monday show for you, Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day to everyone out there. A lot to do. So many sports. Our resident hockey analysts will join us in a little bit to talk about a Game 7 tonight, the Rangers and the Hurricanes. The two best words in sports are Game 7, and we get one tonight. Looking forward to that. We'll get to the baseball here in a minute. Mets sweep the Phillies, the shorthanded Mets, all the injuries with a great weekend, a great win Sunday night. As they blow a lead, rally back, and win. So we'll get to the Mets. They play the Nationals tonight. Mets minus 190, total 7.5 here at Bet Rivers for the Monday night game. Yankees are off. How, I mean, what is going on? Baseball just cannot get out of their own way. How do you have a baseball team that's off on Memorial Day? This is Memorial Day. It's baseball. This is one of the days. How do you – they play every day, too. I mean, the schedule is so jam-packed. How of all days do you have Memorial Day off? I just – I don't understand it. It completely just boggles my mind. So the Yankees are off. Uh, and the Mets play at 7, which also annoys me. It's supposed to have a day game on Memorial Day. I mean, even Friday Friday the, of Memorial Day weekend a couple days ago, it's Memorial Day weekend. They didn't have a game on that started until 7 o'clock at night. I mean, you should have baseball games on. Every day there should be an afternoon game. So that's uh, that's my little rant so far, how the Yankees are not playing tonight. Boggles my mind. But who a, a team that is playing tonight is the New York Hockey Rangers. Just continue to have nine lives. They are the Michael Myers of the NHL. They just can't kill them. You just can't kill them. They've down 3-1 to Pittsburgh, down 2-0 game 5, down 2-0 game 6, trailing late in game 7. Win, win, win. All right, fall right behind Carolina, lose a bad game 1, lose game 2. Got to win game 3 and game 4. They do. 
at 2-2, they can't pull ahead. Down 3-2, they got to win again. And here we are after they win Saturday night, a convincing, dominating win. They score six or seven minutes into the game to go up one nothing. score again a few minutes later to go up 2 nothing, And then they were on their way to a 5-2 victory. So the, here we are, Game 7. The Hurricanes, of course, are favored because they are home. The home team is 6-0 and in this series. Total, 5.5. And, and I like the Rangers. I think, you know, it's unusual that home ice, home court, and either basketball, baseball, any of these sports, hockey, it's unusual that home ice, home court, home field holds up the first six games, then the road team breaks through in Game 7. I just got a feeling it's going to happen. I, I just think the the – the uh, Hurricanes, having watched them these six games, they don't have that dominant player. And this was the recipe all along for the Rangers. This is the formula. When you're not the better team, but you have a really good goalie, uh, I think you could say a great goalie, at least at times, just get to a game seven where anything can happen. Make make it a one-game series, a one-game season. And that's what it is tonight. It is a one-game season for the Rangers. And anything can happen. And it's just a matter of, you know what, you score first. You hope that you hope to get one or two goals, especially early, and just hope they hold up and have your big time goalie goalie ha uh, play like a big time goalie on the road and put your team in a conference finals, put your team four wins away from a Stanley Cup final and a conference final where you'd have home ice here against the Lightning. So it's all on the table for the Rangers. Like I said, we have so many sports coming on in a few minutes. We'll discuss that with him, but. I like the Rangers. I think uh, I, I think it'll be a close game, an under. If you're looking at some of these props at Bet Rivers, no score the first nine minutes. I, I like that one. I think, you know what, game seven, these teams will be a little tight. I think the refs let things go a little bit. So uh, I, I think the game seven unders, you know, we know they're a good trend in basketball. I think the Celtics the Celtics went over. It's hard to call that the Celtics heat last night over or under, or under because it's all about when you bet it. It opened 199. It went all the way down to 195 and a half. And it lands on 196. So it all depends when you bet that one. But for the most part, historically, unders have been very good in, in the NBA. They're good in the NHL. That first round, when we had a bunch of game sevens, that Saturday, they all went under. Uh, the Rangers game went over. But the, the, the under still did well all in all. I think it was 4-1 and one in that first round. So maybe no score first nine minutes, 930. Uh, go to BetRivers.com. Download the BetRivers app. Check out all of their props. So we'll discuss the Rangers game a little more in depth coming up. Going to root for them tonight. And there's nothing like a Game 7, especially Game 7 in hockey. And this deep into the playoffs with a chance to go to the Final Four, a chance to go to the conference semifinals. And uh, I know the Avalanche are really good. The Lightning, obviously, two-time defending champions. You just, with the season you had, if you're the Rangers, you should have been out in Round 1. If Crosby doesn't get hurt, who knows? You had a million opportunities to get knocked off in Round 1. You were you know, on the brink of losing to Carolina in this series. And you're, you're still alive to tell about it. I just think uh, this is a situation where the Rangers are in ha with house money. And if you can ever get to a conference finals, everything else from this point on is gravy. And I think it's probably gravy. Uh, again, expectations have a way of readjusting themselves. So if you go up 2 nothing tomorrow night and you end up losing the game somehow, you're not going to say, oh, we didn't expect to be here. So when you you take a lead tomorrow, you expect to win. So, so things can change based on what happens. But uh, I do think the Rangers here are in good shape and going in this game pretty loose. Pretty confident, and you know whatever happens, this has been a, a good year here for the Rangers. So we'll talk about that game in a few minutes. The baseball, I guess we'll start with the Yankees in terms of the baseball. Like I said, they're off today. 
came into this weekend, you know, a week or two ago, we'd been pointing to this series, Memorial Day weekend, first time playing Tampa, their chief competition in the AL East, although Toronto started to play a little better. And you said, you know what, win three out of four, put your, put some distance between yourself and Tampa, make a statement, and give yourself a little bit of a cushion. With Stanton being hurt and now Donaldson hurt, the injuries to the bullpen, kind of readjusted that and said, you know what, a split's not the worst thing in the world. Get a split, get out of there. Similar to the Mets where you just kind of bide your time, knock off days on the calendar until you get your guys back. You have a lead in the division, you're injured. If you get, you know, you don't play well at that dumpy ballpark anyway. If you can get two out of the four, if you get your split, go on your merry way and it's a good series. No harm, no foul. Well, they got their split, but like I mentioned with the Rangers where like, hey, it's house money now, but if you go up 2 nothing, you want to win the game. Same, similar with the Yankees. They, you know, okay, a split's fine, but they won the first two and they had Cole pitching game three and they had a lead. And then yesterday's game was completely winnable. I mean, first and third, nobody out. First and third, one out. Men on all day. First and second, nobody out. I think it was in the sixth inning. Just men on all day. First and third, nobody out. A million chances to break through. Severino pitched really well. I, I think at one point he gave up two hits, but both hits were kind of, you know, first row home runs. And even Saturday, I think thought the Yankees really got bled to death with kind of soft, soft ground balls, soft base hits. Obviously, Cole should have been out of the inning in that. I think it was the sixth inning, sixth or seventh inning when he had, I think it was Choi struck out, got a bad call. Uh, and again, the Yankees just uh, a lost opportunity here. Again, split's not the worst thing in the world, but the way it happens, I think it, it's got to be frustrating here. If you're the Yankees, because once you get those first two and Thursday, Cortez throws another gem and Cortez just continues to be outstanding. Tyone follows suit on Friday and wins a nice, tidy, quick ball game. And then you got look, for the first inning on Saturday, Judge, I think, Judge was batting second. I think LeMahieu hit a ball off the wall. Judge singles, first and third, nobody out. Cole's on the mound, first inning. You look like you're on your way to here to, to blowing this thing open, winning that game. And then who knows on Sunday. And to just let that get away and then let one get away on Sunday. Again, the end result's not horrible. But the way you got there, you can't like it here if you're the Yankees. Frustrating. Frustrating Saturday and Sunday here for the Yankees. Again, not a terrible result all in all. But uh, the way they got there, I think, is a little bit frustrating. And uh, at some point, they're going to have to do something sooner rather than later. Because Tampa's now within four in the loss column. Toronto's now within five in the loss column. And the Yankees just have so many dead spots in this order. Enough with Joey Gallo. Enough. You can, you can have one of these guys. Everybody has a, a, a weak hitter in the lineup. Everybody has one. Most teams have one. Two, okay. Two's pushing it. And the Yankees do have at least two when everybody's healthy. But you have Hicks, you have Gallo, you have uh, Higashioka needs to pull a page out of the Roger Dorn book where he goes up there and just tries to get hit by the pitch. Hey, that's not my bat. That's that's what Higashioka needs to do. Higashioka needs to lean in, in inch into one, and, and you know get pinch run for, him. and they can tell him nice game like in, uh, most it was Major League Two. I mean, Higashioka needs to do the major, the Roger Dorn because he he cannot. His OPS is 470. He is not a professional offensive player. It's just awful. It's funny. He's actually had some decent pop in past years, and he had, remember he had a million home runs in spring training. He can't find his way to first base with a compass now. It's just it's embarrassing to watch. Kiner Flaif is okay. He puts the bat on the ball, but he's a minus offensive player. So you have Hicks, you have Gallo, you have Gashioka. I mean, you go down the line. Matt Carpenter off the scrap heap. He actually hit a home run, and he almost hit another one uh, on Sunday. But there's just too many automatic outs. You can't get and have a lineup where you have two, three, four automatic outs. And... Hicks actually hit the ball well on Sunday, but still, it's, I mean, we're at, literally at Memorial Day. He's got two extra base hits. 
two, two. And Gallo, enough with Gallo. It's not working. You got to just cut your losses. Make your admit you made a mistake. He's clearly not comfortable in New York. Uh, whatever it is, you know what? It, it's just it's not working. It's not working. And I've kind of defended him to the point where I was like, you know what? He's going to hit his thirty homers. You know, he walks, plays good defense. He'll come around. He'll have a hot streak, and he probably will have a hot streak. But uh, it, it's it's enough with him. He's just he's an automatic out. He's an automatic strikeout. It's just a disaster. That move didn't work. I know you need a lefty bat. You only have Rizzo in there, and you need to balance the lineup. Uh, and I don't know what you get for him. He's about to be a free agent. Free agent, and I think he could go somewhere and play decently. I think because he's a guy that I don't know if it's the pressure in New York. I think he's better, low profile, low, you know, smaller market. I think he can go somewhere else and play a little better. So if I'm another team, you know what? Maybe I take a chance on him. But if I'm the Yankees, it's enough. I, I and I don't, you know, I don't know where you go. It's only end of May. It's not like teams are dying to make trades at this point. But you got to find some reinforcements somewhere because this this lineup is just impotent. Just impotent. And the bullpen's starting to show some cracks. You know, they walked in a couple runs Sunday. King has gotten hit very hard the last handful of starts after being dominant early on. Uh, Schmidt's actually pretty good. Schmidt's a bright spot. Uh, Holmes is just lights out. Holmes is going to be on the all-star team. Holmes should be the closer. I don't care how healthy Chapman is, what happens with his... Uh, injury when he comes back, Holmes has to be the closer. I think that's clear as day. I know we had Nightingale on the other day say, "Well, you got you know Chapman's got to be the closer so he can make the Hall of Fame," and it changes repertoire. I, you know, I don't buy that at all. Uh, Holmes has to be the closer, but you desperately, desperately need to inject some offense into this team because this team, this lineup with Hicks and Gallo and Kiner Falefa and Nagashioka is just from hell. I mean, this is an awful, awful five through nine. And even Rizzo slumped, and you just you can't afford the big guys to slump because it's just so top heavy. Now you get Stanton back. Say you get Stanton back in a week, that changes things. And who knows when you get Donaldson back? Uh, but this Yankee lineup is just it's uh, it's not in good shape right now. But the Yankees do get the split. Like I said, off Monday, which is just completely ridiculous. Home versus the Angels on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Then home for the Tigers this weekend. Then at the Twins next week home for the Cubs after that, and then they get the Rays again, then at the Blue Jays. So that's a big stretch, middle of June there, where it's June, let's see. The schedule's decent here the next 10 days. Angels are pretty good, but they're beatable. Then you have the Tigers and the Twins, Cubs. That That's a, a pretty soft stretch here where you can kind of navigate it without your bullpen guys, without Stanton, and, and hope to win some games here and come out you know, net positive here in these next 10 games as you brace up for uh, the Rays. Starting June 14th, you got three with the Rays home. That's in New York. And then three at Toronto. So you're going to play the big boys here. And like I said, Toronto's starting to come around a little bit. They had a big win Sunday against the Angels. They played well this weekend. And you're After all this, you got this great gaudy record. You're only four up in the loss on Tampa. You're only five up in the loss on Toronto here with still you know 117 games to go. And uh, a tough schedule ahead of you in general. Now, the next 10 days isn't impossible, but you know, you've know you already beaten up on a lot of these bad teams, the, the Guardians and the Royals. They played the Orioles a million times, although the Orioles are a little better. You haven't really dealt with the Red Sox, who have played a lot better now, a lot better. They've really hit the ball the last couple of weeks. You, know, you haven't played the Astros. You've only played Tampa four times. You've played the Blue Jays a number of times, but uh, schedule's going to be a little tougher here this next 100 games. And after this 10-game stretch, it, it cranks up a little bit. So that's the Yankees. Good weekend, decent weekend, not a great weekend. Had a chance to be a great weekend. Saturday at 4 o'clock when they had first and third, nobody out. Cole on the mound, two games in their pocket. It looked like they're on their way to getting three out of four, maybe a sweep, and really kind of putting a dent in Tampa. 
instead of being four up, they could have been eight up. I mean, if they swept the series, they're eight up in the loss column, and that's a that's a lot different than four up. A lot different. So, uh, a lot of meat left on the bone. A lot, lot of meat left on the bone here this weekend for the Yankees. A, a missed opportunity to really deliver a salvo and really knock Tampa back. Really knock Tampa down a peg. Bad job by the Yankees these last two days. And again, that lineup bottom. You know, third of the lineup is just an absolute disaster. Gallo, Hicks, you can have them. Enough. Enough. And I don't know what the answer is. I think Andahart can take one of their spots because at least he's got a lively bat. Seems like he's learned to play the outfield decent enough. Remember, he came up in 2018. He played third base. He was not good there. You know, he's worked his way. You can tell he's put the work in. He's become at least a serviceable outfielder. And he can hit. Look, I think if you played him for a whole year, he'd hit. You know, I don't know, 18, 20 homers. He'd have a bunch of doubles. I think he's a good bat. I think he's a major league bat. So maybe Andahar. I think Andahar, you're going to have to keep him in the lineup, get him in the lineup because Gallo, Hicks, uh, enough. It's not the answer. And I just, boy, I'm getting PTSD just thinking about Hicks. Every time you see Hicks up there, it seems like he's always up with men on base too. Bases loaded. Nope, you know, second and third. And he actually smoked the ball. And I think it was the eighth inning today. Walls made a tremendous play on the ball. I don't know how he made that play. Would have drove in a run, would have kept, uh, and they still would have been down a run, but they would have still had a rally going. A tremendous play by Walls is, like I said, Hicks hitting us some bad luck today, but again, we're, we're at Memorial Day here, and he's got two extra base hits, so it's uh, it's not all bad luck here if you're, if you're Hicks. It's it's really, it's um, it's been a disaster, and it's been bad with runners in scoring position. The Mets, on a more positive note, just continue to win. Bury the Phillies. Boy, I don't know how long Girardi's going to have that job because that team can't field. They have no bullpen. Uh, it's not his fault, but it's funny to see because he's such a, you know, militaristic, defense-oriented, fundamentally sound type of guy. You think of Girardi, you think of defense, you think of fundamentals because he was such a, a defensive catcher. You think of, you know, being a, a rigid, sort of fundamentally driven, fundamentally oriented type of guy. And you watch his team play, and it's like a bunch of drunk beer league softball. But, oh, my God, they're awful. Kicking the ball around the infield, kicking the ball around the outfield. The bullpen's a disaster, and the Mets did a great job beating up on them. Uh, up three to one in the what was it eighth inning? Castiano hits a oh, Castiano hits an 0-2 breaking ball from Adovino. I think it was a breaking ball. I was watching the basketball game, but he hits an 0-2 pitch off of Adovino for a three-run home. Oh, this is a terrible loss. Mets had a chance to sweep. All right, you still win two out of three, but this is the Mets, and this is the Mets this year. Plumber, who nobody's ever heard of, comes up and hits the ball nine miles. You tie it. Diaz does a good job in the 10th inning, throwing 93-mile-an-hour sliders. I know people are tough on Diaz, and he's, he makes you nervous, but, boy, his stuff is filthy. Throwing the ball 101 miles an hour, throwing 93, 94-mile-an-hour sliders on the outside corner. He gets out of it in the 10th, and then they win it in the bottom of the 10th. Escobar gets the base hit after Lindor can't get the runner over it. Escobar picks him up with the line drive in the corner. So the Mets minus 180 at Bet Rivers tonight. You'd like to get at least two out of three against Washington. I think that's doable. I think that's reasonable. Not impossible. You sweep them. And uh, again, their their schedule is going to be pretty tough here going forward after this series because it's four with the Dodgers, a bunch of games at the Padres, a bunch of games at the Angels, the Brewers. Their June is very tough. So, hey, you did a good job here. You've done a good job. Since the Scherzer injury, you've won two against the Cardinals. Because he got that he got hurt that Wednesday night against the Cardinals like two weeks ago. Since then, you went two and zero against the Cardinals, two and one against the Rockies. All right, one and two against the Giants. So that's what five and three overall, and then three against the Phillies. So that's eight and three. So you've done a good job. Not only are you winning games, and you're keeping Atlanta at bay and 
Philly, oh, I shouldn't even say Philly at Baker's. Philly's a non-factor in this division. That team is just that. That's not a division-winning team. That team has so many holes; it's ridiculous. Atlanta's the and the Marlins aren't a complete enough team to win that division. The only team you have, really have to worry about um, is Atlanta. And you keep them at bay. Every game you win, you keep them at bay, and you make it one day closer to getting Degrom back, Scherzer back. Hopefully, I would say Scherzer back more likely. Degrom, you would think. Hard to know who's closer between DeGrom or Scherzer. That's a great question. Who throws a pitch next for the Mets, Scherzer or DeGrom? That I don't know. But every day you get one day closer, theoretically, to getting those guys back. McGill at some point. So good job by the Mets. Important to win two out of three or sweep the Nats here. And once you hit this rough patch, and you're going to, you, the Dodgers are going to dent you. You're going to get beat up a little bit. I think with this pitching, you're going to get beat up a little bit. But the Mets have enough resolve. To go through this stretch and just not get absolutely killed. Remember last summer they had a stretch where they had Dodgers, Giants, Padres. They had a bunch of West Coast teams, home and homes, where they played like 20 or 30 games against really good teams. And it just wiped them off the face of the map. I don't think the Mets are going to get wiped off the face of the map. I, I think they're competitive enough. You know, they make more contact at the plate. The starting pitching's pretty solid. The lineup's deeper. Uh, I think the Mets will hang in there and just hold their own here. I don't think they'll play great, but if you can find a way to play 500 after, you know, after this national series... You got this cluster of games with the Dodgers, the Angels, the Brewers, the Padres. You play 500, which is not going to be easy. But if you can do that, uh, you're that much closer to getting your pitchers back, and you'll be in good shape. So the Mets and Yankees, uh, that is their situation as we check their odds here. Futures at Bet Rivers, both still big favorites here. To win a division, as you would expect, I would expect that Yankee number to get even smaller, though, because the Yankees... Uh, I'm kind of worried about the Yankees. Kind of worried about the Yankees. I, I think thought they had a chance to really, for as well as they played, to only be up five in a loss, four in a loss on Tampa, five in a loss on the Blue Jays. That's not a great scenario here. The Yankees are six to one to win a championship. Mets plus eight twenty-five. I think the Mets are the better bet there. Yankees plus two ninety to come out of the American League. Mets plus four fifteen to go to the World Series. And if we're looking at the American League East, Yankees minus two thirty-five. Blue Jays plus 375, Razor plus 575. Uh, probably one of those two teams is probably worth a try. Blue Jays plus 375 is not terrible. And you, you could really talk me into either one of Blue Jays or the Rays. And even the Red Sox, 35 to 1. I don't think they would come back and win it, but that's not a terrible, terrible price to take a stab at. So really any three, anybody other than the Yankees, and of course the Orioles, anybody other than the Yankees or Orioles that could make a case for you know, going to Bet Rivers and making a bet on one of those two teams. Mets still at minus 235. I think they're in good shape. Braves only plus 325. I think they have a run in them, the Braves do, but I would need a little more than plus 325. Phillies are plus 550. You can keep that one. I have no interest in the Phillies after what I saw this weekend. That is an awful, awful team in terms of fundamentals and bullpen. That team just has a million holes. So uh, that's the baseball. That's the hockey. Uh, should spend a minute here. Going long here. It's a 20 minutes. Should I should I should we bring on some money? I guess we should do a minute here on the NBA as the Heat and Celtics play one of the weirdest series you'll ever see in your life. Uh and we'll talk about that. You know, no, you know what? I could just talk about it now because you know what? It's uh well plenty of time to talk about the Celtics Warriors finals. Warriors minus a dollar fifty-five. I'm surprised it's that high. I do think there's value on the Warriors. Uh I'm sorry, I think there's value on the dog here in the Celtics. I think that's a coin flip series. Of course, Golden State does have game one at home, minus three and a half for the Warriors, and they would have a game seven at home, so that matters. But we saw in the last series that the road team was five and two, and 
it didn't matter that much and it didn't matter in game seven and what was one of the weirdest series and what one of the weirdest game sevens ever it just was so flat it had no feel mike breen wasn't there uh he was out with covid so mark jones filled in and, and boy you, you realize how how great breen is when jones is there because jones just he made it feel like it was not as important a game just because you know you associate a big game you think of breen and Having Jones there was weird. Van Gundy was sick. You couldn't even understand him. I don't know what's going on with Van Gundy. He was clearly sick. And Boston just in control throughout. But they had these little runs from Miami where it was just like, oh, my God, they're only down six. And then Boston would open up again. Oh, my God, they're only down four. And then Boston finally pulls away. They're up 11 or 12. Then Miami out of nowhere comes back with a crazy run. And they had a three to actually take the lead with 17 seconds left. Butler misses it. I know people are saying he should have attacked the rim. He, you know, he had Horford in space. I think that's true. But again, if you attack there and you do score, unless you get the end one, Boston's going to have the last shot. So that's a good scenario for them. So it's either going to be a Boston win or overtime. And then it's 50-50 at best. Probably, you know, you favor, it's a coin flip plus four Boston because Boston's the better team. So, I mean, if you do the math on there, the three's not the worst play going for the lead, going for the win, making Boston, you know, have the pressure to win it, uh, you know, down one as opposed to being tied and being able to hold for the last shot. But it was a weird series. It was a weird game. Didn't have the juice, didn't have the feel, you know, as a as a conference final game seven. But uh, that is the NBA final. That will start Thursday. Warriors minus three and a half over the Celtics game one. Should be a good finals. Should be a good finals. The NBA needs it. Uh, they needed a game seven too because these, these playoffs have been a disaster. Finally, game six, we got some drama as the Heat stunned Boston to force a game seven. And, Boy, that was a, just a strange, strange series, strange Game 7 as the Celtics move on back to the finals for the first time since 2010 to take on the Warriors. So cover the NBA, cover the baseball, did a little bit on the hockey, and when we come back, we will do a little more. So Money Sports, professional hockey better. He will give us his thoughts on Game 7. Side, total, futures, the other series, which is the Oilers and the Avalanche, which should be a lot of fun. We'll see what else is on his mind. That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21 or older, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. Just hours away from a Game 7, and to discuss that, there is nobody better than our next guest. He is back. He is a professional hockey better from the Action Network. He is the one and only So Money Sports. So Money, what's up, man? Happy Game 7 to you. Happy Memorial Day. What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Really, uh, really excited about this Game 7 here. Should be, a, should, should be a really good one. You know, I, look, of all the major sports, hockey's the one, the, no, I, the, the one I, I know the least about. I will admit that. But I just I have a good feeling about this Rangers team. I thought going in, hey, Carolina's the better team, but if you just somehow find a way to get this to a Game 7, you know how it goes in hockey, Game 7s especially. Just anything can happen. You can, you know, your goalie can stand on his head and you can steal a game, and they're in position to kind of steal this series. What what do you look for in this game, and, and who do you like tonight? Yeah, so, I mean, I've gone um, full, full, full disclosure. I've gone uh, back and forth on this series a lot. Um, going into this series, I thought that, um, Carolina um, should probably win this series. I had them winning in five. 
But then as the series went on, I kind of, and the Rangers were sticking around, um, even though they were being outplayed, they clearly have the goaltending advantage. Um, in a winner-take-all one game when you have the goaltending edge, um, I know Carolina are 101 in the like at at home in the postseason and all that blah 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 right. But I think that um, as a dog, a big dog, in one game with the goaltending advantage, I did bet the um, bet bet the Rangers. Wow, so you did. So you're with me. I uh, yeah, I just I got a good feeling about them. You know, this Rangers team, they they've got a grittiness to them. Yeah. I mean, think about it. We talked about it last time. They're down three one against Pittsburgh, and they're dead. And maybe if Crosby doesn't get hurt, they never even see a game six in that series. But they're down two nothing. They survive, flurry of goals, and then game six, they're down two nothing in Pittsburgh. They survive that. And hell, even game seven, they're down. What was it? Three to two, pretty late. Tie it, win it in overtime. And then again, turn right around, boom, down to nothing in this series. They just, they seem to have nine lives. And we know one thing about the Rangers. They're not going to be scared tonight. They're not going to be tight. I think they're kind of going this game playing with house money. Yeah. Even if they lose, they still had a good season. So uh, I'm with you. I think the Giants, uh, the Rangers go in here with a, a good approach and sort of a good mindset. Absolutely. And I think that this, uh, this, this series is a perfect example of like what I, what I stress quite a bit is that you need to have some sort of subjective element as well when you're, when you're looking at these games, especially in the playoffs, because if you're just going by your numbers, Carolina is a better team. You're always going to get an edge on, on on Carolina, and if you don't, there's something wrong with your numbers, right? So, um, but when you as these teams play, you're seeing Rangers. They they do have the ability ability to tighten it up. They do have the ability to um, kind of um, get get the advantage on special teams, and of course, they have the goaltending. So matchups and bounces are what decides the playoffs so um yeah you need to have some sort of subjective element to your um to to your perspective when you're looking at these playoff games now to us sort of novice hockey betters why does home ice matter so much because you know it doesn't really matter that much in baseball in football it makes sense because you know the line of scrimmage is so important you get off the off the snap quicker uh, basketball, I think it helps because you do get those 50-50 calls at home, te- uh, usually. And now we've seen road teams do pretty well. I mean, Miami-Boston, the road team was 5-2, and two, so it's not absolute. But we've seen the home team be 6-0 and oh in this series. Why do you think home ice is, is so important, and why do you think home ice is held up so much? Well, the biggest thing for, for the home ice in the, in the NHL is that um, as, the, as the home ice coach, you get the second change, right? So, um, so for example... Um, whenever you have a whistle, the the road team has to put their players out first, and then the home team can match which 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 lines that they want to put out. So if you see that that the road team is putting on their star players right now, they're like top line. Well, you want to match them up with with your um, with like let's say your your like checking line or like someone that um, that you know can like can like can like shut down that top line, or you want to match up your top defensive pairing against the other team's top line. So you get, um, you you have that matchup advantage. So I think that um, that's that's the biggest edge that, that home teams have. Over the years, we're also seeing, um, I the players talk about this quite a bit and like it's it's been really interesting to me because I've like tracked this a lot, is that um, crowd noise seems to matter for the players. Like you 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 hear them talk talk all the time, how they get more energy from like, from like the home crowd, a place like Carolina, um, where they do get pretty loud, or like a place like Nashville, it does seem like that 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 does matter. So, um, biggest thing is the 
is that I'm getting the matchup advantages on the uh, on the on the line changes though. Yeah, uh, in terms of the total, game seven unders. I think in all these sports, usually you just kind of blindly bet the unders. Usually you'll do okay, yeah. if not if not better than okay. Do you have a play on the total? And if you don't, uh, how how come? What kept you away from it? So I don't have a play on the total. The only reason is that um, you see a five and a half, but it's just juiced to like I I'm, I'm seeing minus one forty, minus one forty five. Um, so then you look at the at the alternate total. You see a you see a five. And I just can't bring myself to bet an under five in today's NHL. Like I don't even care if it's a game seven. Um, it's just it's it's really tough for me to get there on a five. Um, back in the day, in like the 20, 2010s to like twenty fifteen, um, under four and a half on the alternate line, plus money at plus one thirty, one forty. It was just we, we used to make a killing on those. But um, in 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 today's league, I I just can't make a case for. For, for, for betting an under five. Is this something where you'll look live for a total? If there's a couple quick goals, maybe you'll play the under. If it's quiet early, you'll look to play an over. Is this something where you'll have an interest either either way in terms of live betting? Absolutely. I think that um, depends, though. If like in the if the first couple of goals make the game 1-1, then I'm more likely to bet the under live. If the first couple of goals make a team go up 2-0, um, then I'll probably stay away because in that situation, you kind of um, tend to see the game opening up a bit because, um, I mean, obviously the team down 2 nothing has to has to take more more chances, whereas if it's a 1-1 game, you're more likely to see the teams kind of settle down and um, and get back to their, get back to their um, defensive game in a game seven. Yeah, do you ever do you play these? Yeah, I don't know how much of an edge people have. I think people just like to play them for the instant gratification, and they're fun. First team to score, no score, yes score. First nine thirty. Now, do you, do you ever play any of those? Do you think there's an edge, you know, to be found in those first period unders? Do you, do you ever play those uh, sort of instant gratification, um, you know, markets? I don't personally. Um, I know that there's um, you you could model out the um, out the period totals. I know. Um, I know a few guys that are that that are able to do that, but um, it 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 becomes a whole different market that you have to model out and everything. So um, that's not um, that's not something that I've invested my time in. Um, it is possible, but that's not something that I do though. What's the line look like? Let's just let's be optimistic. Let's put the Rangers forward. Let's say they pull off the upset, they win, they break 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 through tonight. You know, upset uh, Carolina on the road, break home ice. And they play the Lightning the next round. What, what do you think that line looks like? And you don't have to preview that series because we might not even have that series. But what do you think a line would look like, Rangers Lightning? Oh wow, um, I would probably put that at uh, Lightning minus one eighty-five to minus one ninety range. Um, it would be higher, but I think that um, the cat's out of the bag now with uh, with the Igor Shesterkin. I think that he's going to demand respect on that line. So. Um, I I would make it around around minus one eighty five for the for for Tampa Bay. Interesting, and that would be pretty much that's a similar line to what Carolina opened with. Yeah. I think Carolina opened maybe dollar seventy dollar eighty. I think Carolina got bet up. I think they closed maybe over two dollars. Now again, this varies book to book, but yeah. I'm pretty sure Carolina opened around that and took some money before this series. Yeah, and like that's what I was saying that like I think that um, normally I would make it higher, but um, I don't think that the um, that your 
um, from a book's perspective, you don't want to get that too high because now we know that what Shesterkin can do in the playoffs. Coming out of that Penguin series, there was there was a lot of this, well, the Rangers got lucky because Crosby went down. They were outplayed in most games. They played a third-string goalie. Now they're stepping up in class. Let's see what they can do against Carolina. So if they if they do win this win this series, then you you know Shesterkin is for real. You know that this team is is able to grind out games. So I think that um, you probably won't see it get as high as what Carolina was, even though it probably should be. But I think that Shesterkin is going to demand that respect in the market now. Yeah, and I've been so focused game to game, night to night. I haven't checked this out, but I did hear Rangers would have home ice in the next round, right? The Rangers, um, yes, they would have home ice in the next round. Okay. Yeah. And like that's the other reason why you're going to see um, you're you're not going to see as um, as as high of a price there as well. Yeah, the, the Rangers run, it's it's starting to re- remind me a little bit of the Islanders runs of the past couple of years, right? I think ultimately yeah. they fall short, but uh, and I think the Islanders, they did fall short to the Island, to the Lightning two years in a row last year, the Game 7, where I think they gave up a shorthanded goal, if nothing else, at one nothing. and I had a futures on the Islander. That one still oh still kind of haunts me. And two years ago in the bubble, they had a nice run. I think they had that play-in scenario where they had to win two out of three. Then they upset, I think it was Washington, Pittsburgh in some order before I think losing to the Lightning at six in overtime. This this Ranger team reminds me a little bit of that where I don't think they'll ultimately get there and win the whole thing, but uh, they've at least given fans a hell of a run regardless of what happens tonight and going forward. Yeah, they really do. Eh? I think that, um, and it's 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 a very it's not a similar team, but there are elements that 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 are similar in that you have the strong goaltending, you have you just need one or two goals, and you know that you have the ability to kind of to, to kind of sit back and bring it home. So, um, I I do see some similarities there as well, for sure. Uh, before we get you out of here, now that we bring up the Islanders, how shocked were you that Trotz got let go? Because, again, I'm not following this day-to-day in terms of, you know, what's going on with that team. But, look, they had a bad year. They, they played a lot of hockey over the last two years between the bubble. That was a weird scenario where it went basically into September. Then they had a good run last year. Look, they, they were close to making the conference finals. I mean, like we just said, one nothing game seven in the conference finals. And if they get into the final, they probably beat the Canadians. Uh, Trotz is, is a well-respected coach. Were you shocked like everybody else that he was let go? I was shocked. I was. Um, I just when it when it came down, I thought uh, I thought there was a mistake or something. Like it just it just made no sense to me. And then you you kind of think about it more, and like Lou, Lula Morello, he has a history of a kind of a a, a quick trigger finger sometimes. Even though Trotz um, um, Trotz the the games he coached under Lou was I think the second most um, for anybody um, that's 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 coached under Lou. So. Um, he 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 did get a wrong string. It 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 does kind of make me feel that there's a lot of things behind the scenes that maybe maybe one day we'll we'll hear about. Um, maybe there was like a like a like power a, struggle, something like that. Power struggle or like a direction of the team or something. But um, or and there's also like Trotz is pretty pretty tough on on like the younger guys. And like I know that the that the Islanders want to bring in a few younger guys to get a more of a prominent role. So um, I don't know. Um, there, it, it was shocking to me. Um, I'm sure there's something behind the scenes there that, that we don't know about. Uh, how about this other series before we get out of here? Uh, Oilers Avalanche. Avalanche, obviously a favorite. If you follow somebody on sports, and I recommend you do because he gives out a lot of winning information. He's a great follow. Uh, you've been betting the Oilers every day. I've been, t- I've been tailing you. They're a lot of fun. Do they have a chance here against the Avalanche? What do you like for game one and for this series? 
Oh, man, the, the Oilers, uh, this, this year's version has a really special place in my heart, I'll tell you that. Um, it's going to be a really tough series for them. I I think it's a really tough matchup, um, especially because, you know, in like the last series, um, the the Oilers put up a lot of goals against a, against the Vesna Trophy nominee um, in Jacob Markstrom, who I feel maybe he was tired, maybe he was carrying an injury, I, I don't know. Um, but it, it was clear to see that he wasn't himself. Now you can look at Darcy Kemper for 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 Colorado, and he does he 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 does tend to go up and down as well. But for the most part, he's been solid. The biggest thing I see in this series is that going into the second round, I kind of was wondering that like whatever's going on between the years for the Avalanche, are they able to get over the hump? The way they got over the hump in that in in that Blue series. Um, winning late, grinding out games that they really should have won a pretty handy, a pretty handily, but but they had to struggle to get through. I think that once you get over the hump in those kind of games, it really um, kind of propels teams like this who should be winning more, but they can't do it for for whatever reason. So I think that whenever you have McDavid and Drysaddle, you have a chance in in individual games, but over the course of the series, I think that as the series goes on, I think that. Um, Colorado is going to become stronger, and it'll be tougher for um, for for the Oilers to kind of um, score at will like they did against the Flames. All right, man. Well, this was fun. Appreciate you coming on. Just needed to get your thoughts here for Game Seven quickly. What what's your uh, give us a, a score tonight? You like the Rangers? What is it? Two one, three two. Again, if you get it this right, you can take a bow for it. If you get it wrong, you, you know we, we can just kind of edit this out. So, what do you think? <laughs> what, what do you got for a final score tonight? I think the Rangers win this game tonight. Uh, the final score, let's call it 3-1. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully we'll get the Rangers on to the next round, and we'll do this again in a little bit. Sounds good, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and let everyone know. I sh- Sorry, let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter, uh, your podcast. Let everyone know. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. at um, It's at SoMoneySports. And I also have a, a podcast. It's called Line Change. Um, and that is... We, we try to do it two to three times a week. And as the summer comes up, if you're thinking, hey, there's no football to bet, there's nothing to bet, So Money Sports is the best at CFL. He's always giving out picks. He's, his picks do very well in the CFL, which I think is starting soon. I think I saw some CFL preseason the other day. I didn't yeah. get involved in that. But, hey, it's fun to watch. It's fun to bet. So Money does a good job with that. So uh, good luck tonight. Good luck going forward. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to So Money Sports. Enjoy that. Had to get his thoughts on a game seven here. He does as good a job with hockey as anyone. So appreciate him coming on. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. Let's go Rangers. Hopefully we get a Rangers Lightning conference final to discuss here. And here we are. The Rangers just one win away from a conference final. Five wins away from making a Stanley Cup final. So uh, hopefully we get a, a, an exciting game tonight. I think we will. And let's see the Rangers break through on the road. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening. This is the New York City Cash presented by Bet River Sportsbook.